Kamusta, mga listeners? Uh, if you don't know Tagalog, that means hello, listeners. Welcome to episode three of this podcast series that is brought to you by The Western and Magnify Festival 2022. Hello again. Thanks for joining us. If you've come this far, welcome. And thanks for stay, sticking around to listen to more me and Mark's rants. <laughs> um, oh, my name is Rizelle. Gagawanan, and I'm here with my co-collaborator, Mark Mariano. Thank you. That's how you pronounce it, y'all. You got to do it, Mariano. Mariano. And yes, like we're here to continue talking about our process, how we went about, how we did our collabs for this Magnify Festival development. And yeah, Mark, I forgot that we didn't mention what our synopsis (laughs) is. But yeah, but I mean, like, since you've come this far, you may have guessed what it is, but Mark will tune you in what the synopsis of for our upcoming play is going to be about. So in its simplest form, our story, which is currently untitled, um, is about um, a brother and sister search for their missing Filipino mother, sending them on a wild goose chase around Blacktown. Um, and they uncover secrets along the way. Lies. A lot of lies, lies a lot secrets. of secrets. So many different things. Um, I think once we had this concept and once we had this storyline, it really helped push us in certain directions. Um, and the biggest one was this concept of lies and secrets um, to the point where like the the session that we spoke about our lies and secrets, <laughs> we didn't record it. No, we were like, we, no, we're not we, recording this. We wanted to truly keep it between ourselves because... Even though this the story is going to be loosely based on our experiences, there's obviously things that we wouldn't want out there. We wouldn't want our dirty laundry aired. What happens in the there. Zoom room stays in the Zoom room, guys. <laughs> what happens in Zoom stays in Zoom. <laughs> um, but, you know, the, so this concept was really interesting. And I think it just it came about really organically mm. in the sense that, sadly, like Lies and Secrets is, is one-on-one with the Filipino community. Yeah. Um, especially as as two people who've experienced really varied and complex childhoods, yes. especially with you know single moms, um, growing up with siblings, growing up in a place, growing up in in Western Sydney and and in um, in Nala and how that affected us um, and our family dynamics as well. So it was really interesting exploring this concept because it's in our nature to shy away from them. Yeah. It's in our nature to not talk about these things. These are taboo yes. topics. These are, these are things that we don't want anyone else knowing. You know, you know we want to keep our family image, you know, pristine yes. and safe. And, you know, we want to project this, this perfect pageantry image. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, talk me through, you know, and talk our listeners through what it was like talking about this stuff. Because this is some really heavy stuff. I think it's kind of like everyone, everyone, like everyone knows you don't have to be Filipino to know about lies and secrets, but because it, it's in our fam, like in the Filipino communities, it's just, it's just different. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I can't understand. Like when I watch TV shows about white families and they're so open, like the mm-hmm. kids are open with their parents and they talk about it and I'm like, that would not happen nah. in a Filipino family. Nah. Like no one has that candid conversation. Like, Talk about sex with your mom. Yes. That's never gonna happen. Nah. Never. Nah. Nah. 
like not in, in this Pinoy not household, in this Pinoy no, household no, no. especially in a Filipino Pino, like Catholic household. Mm, mm. So it's like there's so many things, and also things that are unsaid. Everyone knows. Yeah. Everyone knows, but no one talks about it. No one. Yeah. It's left unsaid, but everyone knows. Like there's this mutual understanding that that exists. Yeah. But no one's gonna talk about it. Like it. They're just going to like dismiss it. And I see it all the time. I see it all the time growing up. And I think also like, you know, growing up in a single parent household, I I can, I can see now as an adult that my mom kept a lot of stuff from us because she was trying to protect us. Yeah. And also she was holding the burden herself because like, you know, she wanted our childhoods to be free of worry, yeah. even though my childhood was a lot of worry. Yeah. <laughs> um, And so like, I understand now as an adult, like why my mom would have kept those secrets or why my mom wouldn't have told me the truth. Like, I don't want to say it's lies. It's more like abstaining from the truth yeah. in a yeah. way, like not really like telling the whole thing, the whole story. Um, and also like we haven't, I think our parents, because they are of a generation of survival. Yes. Like they didn't learn to communicate. You know, they were too busy trying to like because my mom was very 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 poor background mm. my mom always tells me about how when she was my age when i was in school age how like she would like come home no come home from school but the first thing she had to do was go to all the neighbors houses and get the food scraps to mm. fatten up the pig mm. that they were selling because that was their main source of income just all those hardship stories about survival so it's like from the philippines from the philippines because yeah. i'm like picturing you guys in like <laughs> Suburban Australia, going around asking for scraps to to raise your pig in your dune side backyard. No, this is like Philippines in the 1960s, 1970s. Like, you know, back when like Manila wasn't like, Quezon City wasn't Quezon City. Like it was was still kind of like bush. You know, that was like, it wasn't streets. It was still fields of rice, Mm. you know? And so like my, and you know, people were still living in like makeshift houses, not like big towns houses as they are now. No, this was my mom's childhood of like, they were really poor. Yeah. And so like my mom always reminded me of that every day about the hardship she faced and how we have such an amazing life in Australia now. And like we sacrifice Mm. so that you can have a better life. Mm. And so I think... We didn't walk fucking 4,000 kilometers barefoot to school. To school. Or like, I don't know, had to fight (laughs) off a lion on the way. I don't know. Yeah. Some some (laughs) random shit. They always like, they're they're so extra. They're so OA. um, Which I'm glad is a concept we we talk about in our project. (laughs) Um, and something we really want to incorporate just how extreme everything is in this in this community Um, from the walking thousands of kilometers to school to the getting scraps to feed the pigs you know yeah stuff like that yeah yeah and so like I think going back to my point about like because they just it's about their lives are about survival so like they didn't learn from their parents about communication or how to be open or how to just like, you know, listen without judgment. Yeah. Um, so like, I understand that like, you know, my mom didn't learn those skills. But for me, our generation, we're learning that now. And I guess hopefully breaking that cycle of silence and keeping lies and secrets. Um, because, you know, when you're keeping secrets, you're not free. So, um you know, and like coming back to one of the topics we were discussing, like mental health. Yeah. Like it really like adds to that 
And like mental health is also a lies and secret. Like no one talks about mental no. health issues. No. Like, um, and if you do have mental health issue, it's not like if you admit to it, there's something really wrong with you. Like yeah. you, I think the impression is that you're less of a person because, because you have you the, need you need help. You, you need, need help. Yeah. Or you're like broken mm. because you have mental health issue, and that's why that people don't talk about it. Yeah, and so that's such a huge secret when like people are actually going through depression and anxiety and have these actual issues, they don't address it with therapy or even openness or like yeah. talk about it, and so it just f- gets further buried yeah. underneath. I like as well that there's this there's an element to the story because, you know, just for some background, Rizal's character is the older sister of my character. I'm the Ate yo. Uh, she's the Ate. Um we sort of in our journey for our, in our journey in searching for a mom, we sort of just we learn so many different things and then you yourself you start revealing things that I didn't see when I was younger or things that mm. my character didn't see when they were younger and that that hits so hard home. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm the fourth of five kids. Um That's and a big family. It's a massive family. Um no bathroom time. And that was mainly <laughs> my fault. Um but it's it's just it's really interesting that now as as now that we're all like fully Adults. Now that we're fully grown adults and we can communicate now, I'm learning a lot more, and I'm, I'm un, like I'm uncovering some of those lies and secrets yeah. in conversations with my older siblings. Like, because our mom's never gonna, our mom's never gonna tell this stuff. She's oh never no, gonna, she's never gonna admit to it unless we like you know like bloody bribe her with like chocolates or something like that. But that's not, not, even, not that. even that. No. <laughs> but they yeah. also have their own version of events as exactly, well. Exactly. Exactly. I'm like I'm finding that I'm I'm like closing certain gaps in my head because I'm I'm having those upbringing conversations with my siblings. But I think that's because, you know, we we grew up in a, in a, in, in a different community or in a different version of the Filipino community. Or yeah. we were able to establish our own within our family in the sense that, no, we are no longer hiding things from each other. Let's talk to each other. Let's, let's like not keep any major secrets or like let's not keep any anything from us because we've seen how, how it can damage a family, an ecosystem, a friendship, a relationship. Um, so that's what I'm really grateful for. Um, and it's been interesting, like, spilling the tea with my elder sisters, just being like, you didn't understand this because you were little. Like, yes. they would say things to me, like, you know, far beyond the language barrier, far beyond the fact that I don't understand the Gaelic fully. Um, just, the, just the, like, oh, you know, this happened because this happened. Or this was happening because of this and you didn't know because you know we shielded you from this yeah um and that's definitely something we we explore with our characters mm-hmm. um which was really interesting um but i think yeah again just to our point i think it was really important in from a purpose perspective to really talk about this stuff i think also what i notice and i think maybe this is from just a lot of like watching a lot of movies and stories like you notice like how you know, if you hold back or when the characters hold back or tell, you know, don't communicate, there's a lot of things that are lost mm. and then then it leads to resentment and regret. Yeah. And like, you know, and people only realize until it's too late. Like it has to be a tragedy. Yeah, It has to take a tragedy or losing someone to make you realize, oh, I wasted that time or oh, I should have been honest yeah. or I should have told that person what I really thought yeah. or been open about things. So it's like, I think what I'm, I guess personally for me is like, you know, I'm trying, like, I'm not perfect. I'm like, like, I'm not 
100% honest and I do tell lies and I have secrets. Like, I'm going to be honest about that, um, but not in this podcast about what they are. <laughs> but um, so it's just like, you know, but I am mindful of the fact that I do want to get in that path of open communication mm. because I don't want to wait yeah. to like a tragic accident or something yeah. To tell someone what I really think. Or, or for what, someone to go missing. Or someone yeah. to go missing yeah. as our characters as will our characters go through. Go through yeah. um, so it's really like, you know, I think what we're exploring in this story is like, if we live in lies and secrets, then we'll live in regret. Mm. I think that is one of our most prominent whys as to why we built this story mm. and as to why, you know, we really wanted to flush out this project because we want to just like we want people to to potentially watch this and be like i there's something that needs to be fixed or there's not fixed but there's there's something there i need to talk to someone yeah i need to heal a relationship i need to heal myself um i need to call my mom yes i need to you know we you know i want to let's let's stop giving them the cold shoulder for something really stupid and trivial i'm not speaking from personal experience at all <laughs> um but just you know open open those um roads of conversation and, and communication like truly what's the harm in doing that or it's, it's really hard though like i is, will you know, acknowledge it that it's yeah. really hard to take that first step yeah. but because i guess of our younger you know the younger generation because we've learned and we're like learning all these things about like communication and mental health and you know also making that decision that we want to break that cycle unfortunately that first step is with us. Yes. Like we have to take that first step because unfortunately our parents aren't going to do that. Nah. Like they're not. Nah. They're too busy mm. <laughs> surviving still. Literally. Even though they're living the good life in Australia, mm. they're still surviving, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> they're not fighting off lions anymore. <laughs> but um. yeah, so it, it is hard. But I do hope that like, you know, if and when our play gets on stage, mm. that's something that would be nice as a takeaway to be like, people to think about like hmm should i do that like mm. should i take that first step at least think about it that's yeah. what i would encourage yeah i mean if not a conversation with an estranged person it could just be even a conversation with yourself yeah like you know what what am i holding on to what can i let go of you know what do i need to do in this instance to to maybe solve like not solve but maybe squash this feeling of discomfort mm. um and i think this is probably a really good good interesting way to pivot into our secondary or more broader why which is essentially to just have more filipino stories out there oh heck yes because i think we we genuinely need to have a discussion about filipino representation in <laughs> australian media <laughs> in australian um you know, I, I can't even for the life of me remember like the earliest, you know, Filipino figures. I think, is it Kathleen from High Five? Is she even Filipino? Yeah, she's Filipino. Oh, okay. I thought, Kathleen De Leon. Yeah, Kathleen De Leon. Yeah, that for me was the very first instance of um, a Filipino-Australian in media. And, you know, I'm talking outside of, you know, Filipinas in um, media in general. Like, I, I, I knew of, like, you know, Regine Velasquez and, and um, you know, the greats, like, Jelena Magdanal. Yeah, and, like, but that's, Sandra like, Park. in the Philippines. That's Philippines. Not Filipino-Australia. Filipino-Australia. Um, who were some early examples for you in, in the industry? I have to agree with you. It's probably Kathleen uh, De Leon is yeah. probably 
in terms of like in a positive light where oh, I really right. resonate with. That's right. Um, that she's not, you know, a stereotype. Mm. Um, so like I think in Australian media, like we're just represented as like male order brides, sex workers, nannies, nannies, registered nurses, nurses, <laughs> service staff, service yeah. staff. So it's like, you know, that's or we're the butt of jokes. Mm. So it's like, you know, not really great representations of Filipinos and especially Filipino women mm. in Australian media, I have to say. 100%. Um, you know, I think Kathleen Dion's probably all we got. Yeah. Um, and like, cause, and then the other side of it is like the mestizas who run for like um, Miss Universe. Yeah. You know, because like, who's the Catriona Gray? Catriona, she's Australian. She's Australian, yeah. but she's Miss Philippines yeah. that won Miss Universe. Yeah. But when she won Miss Universe, you know what the Korea Mail did <gasps> on their front page? They put like Miss Philippines as Miss Universe, crossed out the Miss Philippines <gasps> and put Miss Australia. Oh my God. Instead. So they erased her Filipino identity and claimed her as Australian, oh quote God. unquote, white Australian. Oh and you know what I mean? Like that, that we get erased. Yeah. But like when we're in the spotlight and we're Australian, forget about your Filipino-ness. No. Like you don't, so it's like, yeah, so not really great representations for us. And so like, you know, it's, it's good to add this to the canon of what I hope will be many Filipino stories, a multitude of Filipino stories. And like, also, because like, you know, with representation, mm. there's always the pressure to be great yes. and the pressure pressure to be a good story and perfect. You know, I w like and I'm quoting this probably from an, another my other like Filipino Australian writers. But like, um, you know, I want to see the day where we can make mediocre crap yeah. and it doesn't have to be great. Yeah. It's just there. It exists, you know, because like, you know, mainstream, you look at all the white like mainstream is pretty much white art. Mm. And, you know, it's a lot of it is self-indulgent. Yeah. I want to make self-indulgent shit mm. that isn't great. Yeah. But then if I make self-indulgent shit that isn't great, because I'm Filipino, they'll be like, well, that's a fail. Let's not invest in that. Yeah. And let's, you know, let's move on to the next culture. Or like, and or it becomes branded that, oh, Filipino art is that because that yeah. person made it and it's shit. Yeah. Like, why can't it just be what it is? Yeah. Like it's not branded by its quality. Yeah. Um, so the, there's that pressure to represent because, you know, there's not many of us. No. So we have to make it great, which, you know, that's just unnecessary yeah. pressure. So I live for the day where it's like, there's so many Filipino stories. Cause like if I say, oh, I'm Filipino. Oh, you know that show with that Filipinos? I'm like, no, don't associate me with that. <laughs> like, exactly. <laughs> That was, I think that was my number one fear. And I did communicate this, like going into this project because, you know, I do want to tell, you know, the Filipino Blacktown story yes. as someone who is Filipino and from Blacktown. But then I am, I'm also very conscious that we're not one thing. We're not this homogenous mm. community. There are so many different parts of us. We're in, in, in being a diverse community, we're so diverse. Yes. We have OFWs. We have people like me who were born and raised here. Mm. Um, and so that was my biggest concern. Like, how do I write a story that caters to everyone or at least touches on, on as many parts of that 
community as I could. But then I think the advice was just to just just write the story, write what you want to talk about. Like, don't like it's great to have an audience in mind or to have an ideal listener in mind or a viewer. But write the story you want to write. Like, there's no other way to approach it. If you're writing for other people, you're not writing. Yeah. You know? Um, and so, yeah, that was one of my biggest concerns. But thankfully, like, working with you and working with such incredible people like Winnie and Claudia, it was so easy to sort of just step back from that, from that like, writer's ledge and just be like, okay, you know what? I was originally going to talk and tell my story. I'm just going to continue doing it. Doing it. Mm. I don't have to tweak it to fit a certain audience you know I just got to do my best in being the most genuine version of myself that I can be um but you're right like just we need more Filipino stories (laughs) and we need more that isn't just about the registered nurses or the nannies or or being an OFW like there's so much more to the Filipino community there's you know there's there's just that's not just who we are, you know. We're so much more than that. I just want a story where it has Filipino characters and it doesn't have to be a Filipino story. Yes. Oh my god! Like I want a trashy like rom com set in fucking New York or like let's say Sydney. I don't know. Make it, you know, personal. Yeah. And like just have this person, you know, ha- living a trashy like twenties or thirties experience. Like we- I've seen that genre and I've seen that show so many different times. I love every single one. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but like, where's where's the Panoys at? Yeah. Where am I at? You know. What about like the trashy Filipino gay from Doonside? Yeah, Let's get why can't we be the there. love interest? Literally. Why can't we be the lead? Literally. Why do I have to be the psychic or the maid? Oh my goodness. Like, yeah. Speaking of though, um, it's not Filipino-Australian, but I do want to talk about that um, the male lead from the Brandy Cinderella. Oh, oh my goodness. Him. He's a dream. Name? He's a dream. I forgot his name. I gotta Google this. Um, shit. He has not aged one bit. He's I know. done some press for something else. I think the anniversary for the show. Gorgeous Filipino man. I watched that as soon as that came out on Disney yes. Plus. Oh my I, I was like, when I was on Disney, I'm like, where is where the is Brandy this? Cinderella? Where is the Brandy version? Um, you know, let's talk. A, yeah, he's gorgeous. He's stunning. Um, let's talk a little bit about our Filipino inspiration. Like, or just Filipino people within this industry that we love. Ooh. Yeah. Are, are you talking about industry like in a big macro sense or like here in Australia? Both. It can be both. Because honestly, like I can't really name yeah. anyone. I'm not really good with names. No, same. No, same. And I think, I think when, when usually like initially when you, when someone asked me that question, it's like, I search in the Phil Am space. That's true. Yeah. And it's like, why are we always like measuring ourselves to America? Like, yeah. let's stop. Yeah, so I true. think for me, um, also like I can't really for the life of me name people because I'm not good with names so I think for me who inspires me is my peers nice yeah other um, emerging Filipino Australian creatives mm. the Filipino Australians that I work you inspire me mm. and I mean that you inspire like, me oh my god oh my god <laughs> um, <laughs> mm. you know like yeah. seeing other, especially like younger Filipino Australians who are way younger than me yeah Doing the thing, like yes. pursuing arts, creating podcasts like the Western, yes, like, right. you know, doing their thing and not having to, I guess, be burdened with the whole like, you know, um, just the conventional route of like, you know, get a good, a good, do a good uni degree, mm-hmm. get a good job, live that white picket fence life like that. You know, I really applaud a lot of Filipino 
um, Australians who are taking that route and just jumping into the unknown of the abyss. Mm-hmm. Because I wish I did that, you know, when I was 18. I wish I had that courage. Same. I mean, I mean, I did that a bit later on in life, but I, I mean, better late than never. 100%. So, um, yeah, what inspires me is like just the up and coming Fili- Filipino Australian talent that's coming out right now. 100%. Because in 10 years' time, they're the ones that's gonna be populating the Filipino Australian canon of stories. Yes. So I look forward to the day where I can, you know, also any of you up and coming Filipino Australian like filmmakers, I'm an actor, so like hit me up. Hit uh, you, up. you know, like now is a good time if you're like in your mid, like, middle age as like there's a lot of filipino mom roles out there we need a filipino mom (laughs) we're looking for a filipino mom actress yes apply please apply (laughs) um so like you know filipino stories are out there there's gonna be a lot of filipino characters that need to be played so don't feel disheartened young people do it let's create this industry together what about you mark um I'm probably going to go back on everything that you just said um, in the sense, in the sense that like, obviously, you know, with, with not many Filipino Australian people in the, in the mainstream, yes, I had to look to Philam. Mm-hmm. And so for me, some, some great names like are um, Dante Bosco, who voiced, Rufio. yeah, who voiced, um, who played Rufio and he voiced um, the guy from Avatar, Zuko, uh, which is really cool. There's Manny Jacinta, who was um, part of The Good Place. Um, there's Patrick Starr, that that YouTuber, um, who's massive. I met him when I was in New York. Oh. Um, and yeah, just, and uh, I think that's that's really indicative of sort of maybe like the content that I consume because sometimes I will just watch something because there's a Filipino there. Yes. Sometimes I will just watch a show or a movie if I know for sure that a Filipino's there. Like um, Superstore. Yes. There was the character um, from there. He also played a character in... Nico Santos. Nico Santos. He also played in Crazy, Crazy Rich, Rich Asians. Asians. I love the part in when he talks to Galog. Oh, yes. In Superstar. Super uh, yes. Superstar, yes. Superstar. I mean, I laugh at that clip <laughs> all the freaking time. Because I'm like, yes. Like when I see Tagalog and Tagalog that said yes. bright. Yes. I'm just like, mm, give me mm. more of that. Yeah. 100%. And we need more of that in here in australia yeah and so and that's really glad and i think it's it's a no-brainer we have um we'll have scenes and we've we've started forming scenes where tagalog is spoken yeah second nature. just a normal thing it, and there's no translation i'm not gonna no, give translation, no translation. you better look that up on your own time <laughs> it's either like <laughs> random words thrown here and there it's whole sentences it's really cool um and i think um that also really informed our character building yes and i do want to talk about um this in particular, because at first we wanted to name our, we, we I think to help progress the story, we needed to name our characters, yes. right? And instead so, of like Mark character, Rizal character. Or Mark character, or Rizal character. <laughs> um, and then like vague mom character. Vague mom character. Um, and so I love that we actually, at first we were just finding a name, but then I think it sort of clicked like, let's, let's play around with this name. Yeah. Let's. But we had parameters that we, yeah. we were like, so like all, because I think it's a typical Filipino thing. Yeah. Everyone in the family had to have the same letter. Yes. They had to start with the same letter. Because in my family, me and my brother is R because yeah. we're named after our dad. Same. And like you're all M's. M's and J's. Yeah. M's and J's. Yeah. So like we had to like make sure everyone started with at least the same letter. Yeah. That was our starting point because that's such a Filipino thing. Yeah. Um, and then we ruled out um, Hispanic last names. Yes. 
um, Latinx last names. And so we went searching, which is really cool. If not those, should we maybe play on Lies and Secrets and maybe find, um, like, get the words for Lies and Secrets and make it a last name? Ooh. I like where you're going with this. That's a good idea. So Malinao means um, means clarity. I think I know someone. Like, not not to detract from, like, not to, to say to not use it, but I think I actually do know someone with the last name Malinao. Let's see if I have my... Because it's not secrets and lies, but they keep secrets and lies. But, you know, they don't really live up to their last name. Um, and so, yeah, we settled on gorgeous, beautiful, stereotypical, but not stereotypical <laughs> Filipino names. So, like, they, they sound Filipino enough that you would know someone with this name. Yes. But not enough, not, not in a way that's offensive. Yes. <laughs> not in a way that's just like, you know... Tim Dela Cruz or something like that. <laughs> that we will be sued for defamation. <laughs> exactly. Um, so to do a brief um, character breakdown, we'll start with our mom, Agnes. Mm-hmm. And our last name is Malinao, which is spelled M-A-L-I-N-A-O. And what does that mean again? In Malinao, my understanding, it means like clarity, to like light, um, clarify. But, you know... Is there a comment section? Comment below. If, if that's okay. <laughs> I'm thinking this is YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Malinao means like to shine a light on, to clarify, to bring to light. Yeah. Um, and I can think speaking on our topic of lies and secrets. Yeah. That's what we want to do to the lies and secrets. Exactly. We want to put them out in light, not expose them, but just bring them forward so that we're not sitting on them anymore. Yeah. Um, and so I found that really clever. I'm glad that we that we that that was a light bulb moment for the both of us, in the sense like, okay, this can be our our name, but it's also like um, it's a Tagalog word. It's a Tagalog too. word. Yeah, like it's 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 representative of the whole show. It encapsulates our show. Yeah. Um. So we have our mom Agnes. Um. At this stage, she is a single mom. She is you know strong willed. Um, arrogant, stubborn, um, but selfless. She's very like into helping others, but not being helped herself. Very selfless. She's, um, she knows a lot of people in her community. Yep. Um, what else? Isn't it? She liked gardening. She liked gardening. She was a hoarder. Yeah, she's Um, a hoarder. (laughs) (laughs) She's a very complex lady. And essentially. One of the things I were, were, I remember noting was like, she has this talent where she'll go from joking to being (sighs) angry in a split second yeah like you just she, you know she's very sensitive you just trigger her yeah. and automatically like, like honestly like if you knew her triggers you would be walking around in eggshells because yes. you don't want to make you don't want to make agnes angry yes but like she'll have a good time and joke with you yes but the second you trigger her you're in you're in trouble town yes yes 100 percent um, so my character, his name is Angel, can also be pronounced Angel. 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 Um, he is the younger of the two siblings, and he is very much based on myself. <laughs> um, because, you know, you write what you know. Um, so <laughs> essentially, you know, essentially, so he's, you know, he's very lighthearted. He's very fun. Um, he's he's very clearly queer. He's a very qu- clearly gay man. Um, he's popular like his mom. He, he has a lot of friends in his community. Um, um, he's a social media, social 
media influencer. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a TikTok star. Um, he's on his phone constantly. Oh, um, and I was just like, okay, cool. I am looking at myself in this character. <laughs> um, just gave yourself a read. <laughs> but but at the same time, again, like he's he's a very like his mom. He's very complex. Um, and I think this is also very indicative of 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 people in general. Like generally, people with the 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 brightest or this this you know smiliest disposition are often the ones going through a lot of different things mm. and so that's also something that I wanted to be really vocal and transparent about through this character is just this idea of like mental health and going going to therapy and 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 you know processing emotions in a certain way so I'm excited to somehow bring this character to life um, and I hope it's not too much of a mirror to myself um, and we'll see yeah yeah no we'll play around that I mean it's yeah. not this is development that's yeah, what development's all about 100% um, and so the character that's loosely based on me, his name is Ariel, um, Ariel, not like the mermaid, but <laughs> I just, I think, I don't know. It just came to us when we first came up with Angel. Cause I don't know, for some reason, Angel popped in my head yeah. and then you liked it. I, and I then I'm it. like, well, what's a, mm. and then, um, I was just like, I don't know. Ariel came into my head yeah. and it has a good ring to it. Cause it's like Ariel and Angel. Mm. And if like Agnes is yelling at her children, Ariel. Angel, like it, it has a great ring to it. Yeah. Angel, Ariel, like you know. <laughs> so I think it worked. It so works. anyway, Ariel is the eldest. She's the ate. So she's the you know as the like you know in single parent families they always rely on the eldest, the panganai. Yeah. And so the panganai is always the one that has the responsibilities. They you know look after the younger siblings. So like you know her upbringing, very similar to mine, is very much like you know pretty much taking on that role of being the second parent, being the responsible one and in a way shielding the bunso from all the drama and stuff that really goes on. Mm. Um, and so I think when Ariel has the first chance to like move out, she just runs away to the city mm. and lives her best life. Yeah. And like she has a corporate job. So this is loosely based on my early 20s mm. when I... I wanted to be a CEO. Yeah. I wanted to make that big money, you know. Cap- you still can, babe. I still can, still can. But it was like in a way where it was like capitalism to the max. Like yeah. it was just like, I really like internalized capitalism was yeah. just rife in my body. Mm. And so like, so like Ariel, you know, she just wants to be a white man. Yeah. She wants to climb that corporate ladder. She wants to have that, you know, amazing penthouse apartment in the city, live that rich life, have that, you know, Louis Vuitton, whatever, Gucci bag. Like, she just wants to live the high life, you know, luxury, all that things that are afforded to privileged white people. She wants that. Yeah. That's that's her that's her what drives her in life. Yeah. And so, like, you know, so she's fully rejecting her roots. She's fully rejecting her life in Western Sydney. Yeah. And in a way, she's also fully rejecting her, like, culture and her family. Her Filipino-ness. Her Filipino-ness. Yeah. Because, you know, in order to aspire to whiteness, she's forgetting who she truly is yeah, and where she came from. Yeah. And I guess that's the basis of our Ariel character. And and the thing, I think we set it up in a way where they're polar opposites, these siblings. Yeah. So on Hell, he's he's very like he loves Western Sydney. It's his home. He's Western City Pride. You know, it's it's hundred and like two seven six seven, you know. <laughs> there's there's you know, there's no one day without it. Um and also as well, I think you know, to delve deeper into Angel, like he uses social media to create this facade that like everything's perfect. Mm. Um, 
And I think, you know, we explore this and we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully flesh this out a little bit more, but I think there's this resentment there coming from Angel in, in um, Ariel leaving. Mm. Like in, because we, we just have, even though, you know, we're siblings, we have such different like belief structures. We have different objectives or different things that we're dealing with um, as, as, you know, normally, as you normally would with your sibling. Um, so I'm really excited to see how this turns out and how we're really able to flush out these characters' voices um, and in a way that people can relate to. And that's not our number one objective, but it'd be great. It'd be great if people really resonated with these characters, just been like, oh my God, yeah. I remember that one time I like put a selfie on Instagram, <laughs> on my Instagram story, but like actually a lot of shit was happening in the background. Because <laughs> um, that's very much something that I would do, very, very much something that Angel would do. Um, and so, yeah, I think we just, we, uh, I can't wait to play around with this dynamic because um, there's so much we can do here. Um, and yeah, I think, I think just in terms of next steps, with this project, like we're at a stage now that we, we've started building extracts. We've yeah. started building small scenes of the larger picture that we want to create mm. just as a sampler or just as like a, a, a window into what our story may look like. Yeah. Um, and that's essentially, you know, our biggest deliverable for this project, for this magnified, you know, 2022 festival it's just that, you know, this story is happening. It is progressing. It is moving along. Here is potentially what a scene or an interaction may look like. It's a preview, a sneak peek. what a preview might look like. And I hope you like it and I hope you enjoy. Um, I think this is where she Yeah, so wrap. for the next... So tune in for episode four because that's where we're going to have um, a recording of our live reading of our extract Ooh. acted by yours truly yours truly yours truly we're going to be actors yeah. you know we're going to be voiceover artists yes. so, VAs VAs <laughs> so hope you like our voice acting <laughs> um, so yeah in the next episode tune in so you can have a sneak peek of what our play could look like in yeah. the future and we hope you know you enjoy it see ya bye bye bye